And so as church, can we please start thinking about changing the paradigm Amen. so that people can, when they're, when they're planning what they want to do with their life and when they're discerning where God's moving them, mm-hmm. this becomes a real option for them. Mm-hmm. And not something you do on the side, something where you're invested Mm -hmm. from the crack of dawn. uh, Just it's what you do is live, breathe and try to grow church, try to challenge yourself to change, try to invite others into a personal relationship with Jesus. I mean, it's been such a blessing for me. I want to bless others through it. I've seen my team be blessed. I've seen them bless others. But it's like, can we set up a system where we're attracting high capacity people? Right. And then mobilizing them for mission. Amen. Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are power for impact. Hi, my name is Ron Huntley. Welcome to the Leadership Podcast. It's great to be with you again today. Thank you for joining. Please don't forget to hit the thumbs up, subscribe. We have a newsletter. Go over to ronhuntley.com. There's a whole library of podcasts that are there that are designed to help you in your business and in your parish to make a difference, to have an impact, to grow you as a leader. Uh, welcome to the show, and I'd like to welcome Khalil Hatar. Khalil is the associate pastoral associate here at St. John the Evangelist Parish, and so glad to have you back. Thanks for having me back, Ron. You've been here seven years. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about what you do and, and whether or not it's the same thing you were doing seven years ago or, or how it's evolved. So I started actually seven years ago this October. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, thank you. October 19th. Uh, it's crazy how fast the time goes, and um, I just I feel... So really blessed to be able to not only enter into church life mm-hmm. in, in a ministerial capacity and in a leadership capacity here at the parish, but to be able to be a part of a transition and to be able to help move a mission forward mm. has been really exciting. So when I first started, actually, I discerned out of seminary. Yes. I was a seminary for the Archdiocese of Chicago. Yep. The Knights of Columbus were awesome to me, but then they stopped sending checks, which I I totally get. I love the Knights of Columbus. They've been great. Thank you for your generosity. Yes. Thank you so much for your generosity. It helps so much. But then that last check came and then you realize, okay, I need to get a job. Yes. Uh, And so I lined up five interviews. This was the first one that I came to of the five. And so I I come in, I meet with our pastor, Father Sammy Maletta. I meet with the guy who had my position before me and our HR coordinator. Mm -hmm. And so we're sitting in the living room, 30 minute conversation. They asked me to step out. A minute later, father walks in, hey, I want to give you the job. And I'm like, "Uh, uh, uh, (laughs) no, come back in. Let's have a seat. We'll get back to you later. It's like, I'm going to give you the job. What do you think? Right. So can I pray about it? No, but what you can do is they're going to take you around and show you the campus. And when you come back, I want an answer. Come on. Yeah. That is Father Sammy. That is Father Sammy. Now that I know him, it makes sense. <laughs> At the time, it freaked you out? It, uh, just a little bit. And then I, I find out afterwards the HR coordinator was like going through the roof because she had all these other interviews lined up. Right. So did I. Right. So it's like, okay, we're going to put the brakes on and like, is it a yes or a no? Anyway, they, they showed me around. They spoke super high. I mean, just highly of the parish. And, um, I I can't say that I fell in love, but I felt the spirit. Sure. 
And so it was that that just convicted me. I mean, I didn't look at any benefits. I didn't negotiate salary. I didn't do any of that stuff. It was just, I, I feel something here. So this isn't a podcast to, to teach people coming out of university how to get a, their great. Oh, no, job. this is not an interview, you know, training. No, <laughs> no this, don't is, take any this is what this don't, don't do. Yeah, don't say yes right away. <laughs> negotiate your salary. Look at the benefits package. Yeah, don't do this. But I felt the spirit. I really did. And so I went back to the rectory, told Father yes, and then I started the following week. And I don't regret a second of it, Mm. truly. I mean, we've gone through hard times, and that's where I feel blessed because I started on basically as just Father's assistant. Right. You know, um, just scheduling appointments and, and, and helping to direct traffic to and from him. Yes. I mean, it's... For our diocese, we're a parish of about 1,300 families at the time, mm-hmm. and he's our only priest. He's the pastor. Mm-hmm. Everything, we were kind of following that model where everything had to flow and funnel through Father, at least in some way. Well, that's, Maybe he that's wasn't. the majority of the models globally. And that's just what we knew, so it didn't feel foreign to me. But in time, we started, and it really started with Father, so I... I it, and it trickled down to the rest of us. He started reading Divine Renovation. Mm-hmm. He read Rebuilt. Yeah. Um, Sherry Waddell's book. Uh, Pat Lincioni came into the conversation, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, we need to start looking at things differently. Mm-hmm. So when I came on, Father's preaching hardcore for two years, intentional discipleship. Ah. Not knowing where it's going to go. Right. But we need, he just, he, he knew that we had to prime the people for something new. Mm-hmm. There was going to be a shift. And it was going to happen through this intentional discipleship conversion, hmm. this change of heart, because they needed to be geared up for, for a new phase in ministry, a new phase of church. And so... So he wasn't laying out a plan. He was, lay, he was laying out a proposition, right? Like he was just saying, he was just changing a paradigm. He's speaking into a paradigm. He's speaking into a concept. He wasn't laying out a plan necessarily, which is really yeah. neat. That's important to do, right? It's like, this isn't good enough. You know, and that's kind of what happened when Moses led the people out of Egypt, right? It's like, we can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. How are we going to get there? I don't know. And I don't know where we're going. I don't know, but it can't yeah. be here. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't good enough anymore. We've got to get out of here. That wasn't a plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was the beginning of a plan, but they had no idea how long they were going to be in the desert or how they were going to get there and all the things that were going to happen to them. But he, they just knew that being in slavery wasn't good enough. That's what I'm hearing. That's a great sharing. analogy. It really is. Mm. Because you're right. He didn't know where he was going, but he was reading the signs of the times and saying, if we continue on this track, it's only going to continue to be doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it is. If we continue on this track as church where we're just we're comfortable staying where we are in our boxes, maintaining the status quo, not challenging ourselves Mm -hmm. and not just as like church personally challenging ourselves to grow that relationship with Christ Mm. for us to dig deeper, to respond to this call to holiness, Mm. then I mean, that's not a life that I want to lead. Right. And so that's where father was, was taking people. Mm -hmm. And he did that for two years. We hired a director of evangelization. Six months later, I come on. And that's when the journey really started of the shifting. Right, because he started to put the pieces, some of the resources in place to help get some momentum on the concept. Is mm-hmm. that what I'm hearing? It, yeah. Okay, cool. At the time, we were still like, it was very organic to us, at least. We felt like we were doing it alone. Mm-hmm. 
and we found relief in divine renovation and rebuilt. Yes. Right. Because we're not alone. We're not alone. Yeah. YouTube still wasn't like huge, especially in the Catholic, you know, parish right. renewal, just churchy topics and personalities in general. Sure. It wasn't a thing. Yeah. And so we felt to a certain extent we were going alone. Now it's gotten so much better. Mm. Now we've got people like you. Mm-hmm. We've got mediums like this podcast. Yeah. That can speak into it. Yes. And help direct people. Yeah. Um, so my position evolved from like just being father's secretary to kind of becoming a pastoral, well, becoming a pastoral associate. Now, you know, as father sees leadership kind of qualities in me, mm-hmm. I'm entrusted more and more with the ministry that he's been entrusted with here. Right. It's not just on his shoulders. You're not just assisting him. Mm-hmm. You're actually taking some responsibility and some portfolios that, that he's in entrusting you to bring to life and mm-hmm. to breathe life into and to support. And and it's not just Father Sammy Maletta doing it anymore. Right. Now it's Father Sammy Maletta and I've got a team here mm-hmm. that I trust, that I've empowered, that I'm not micromanaging, mm-hmm. that's still communicate and connect with me, but look how much more we can do. Mm. And then, so that, that was kind of my journey and it's still evolving. Yeah, We're still changing structures and right. responding to the times and as we put the right people in place, they move the ball forward a little bit more. Now we're, we're looking different. Yeah. So now people have to move Yes. because the playing field's changed, right. move the ball a little bit. So that's just always changing, always evolving, always frustrating, <laughs> but it's never dull. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Always, we're always stumbling over ourselves in different things and think some things go great. Some things don't go so great. I heard an expression one time. I love that, you know, when you solve one problem, you usually create two more. And so, so often as we're solving problems, another thing is popping up and, and leadership is always about solving problems. You know, this podcast is fun to talk to a pastoral associate and really dive into this because for two reasons, one, it gives people some insight and I won't want to break that open a little bit more, but also too, I think the landscape of work in churches is shifting. Hmm. I think more and more uh, clergy are recognizing that leading out of a team, you know, and thanks be to God to people like Patrick Lencioni and Father James Mallon and Divine Renovation to, hmm. to help propose that. And, you know, the Tom Corcoran and Father Michael White relationship, it's really given witness to what's possible. I know when we did the conference, uh, the YAR conference in 2016, Father James and I, um, we, he said, I want to do a keynote with you, but I don't want to practice it. And I said, okay. He said, because I want people to see our friendship and our sure. relationship in real time. So I'm just going to, let's just pick a topic Let's not rehearse it or talk about it at all. Mm-hmm. Let's get up live. And let's just work it out. And literally, that's what we did. It was so like what Craig Groeschel says, you wanted to show him the it. We wanted to show him the it. Yeah. Great point. That's exactly what we want to do. And that's exactly what we did. And I heard so many people say how much they appreciated that, that keynote. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I laughed because at one point, Father Jay, because when he gets really riled up, he just, he's so into it. That's what I love about him. And I'm, he just walks right in front of me and he like stayed there for a good 10 minutes. I'm just kind of peeking up behind him yeah. because he just got so engrossed in whatever he was talking about, which is one of the reasons I love him so much. Uh, but so many people said, I, I might not be a Father James Mallon, but I could find a Ron Huntley. Yeah. And I just thought that was the coolest insight. And when I see you and Father Sammy, that's what I see. When I see Father Michael White and Tom Corcoran, that's what I see. Mm. And I think I think what's happening in the church today 
is that more and more pastors are getting out of clericalism. They're still, you know, it doesn't reduce their power. I think maybe that was some of the fear or their influence. Not at all. It multiplies it. And I think they're starting to see evidence of that mm-hmm. so that they can begin to trust it and lean into it. But I think that opens up an opportunity for guys like you and me mm-hmm. who feel a call to bring the church to life and play our role and our part in it. And so I'm excited to break that open too. Like yeah. here you are discerning out of the out of the priesthood and you have a beautiful wife, by the way, <laughs> and yeah. beautiful kids. It's just so fun to see that. Um, and you were able to land in a place where your gifts are being utilized and used. What, what are your thoughts on that for other people that feel that call that you had in terms of the church and the love for the church? A couple things come to mind. Yeah. And um, maybe starting with the team that we've been able to assemble around us, mm-hmm. we, over time, and it's taken us time, we've had great people come through here. Mm-hmm. And they were appropriate for the time that they, they were here. Mm-hmm. And we've, like I said earlier, we've grown. Mm-hmm. And so like now we've got a young man who, right, he's our podcast producer. He's mm-hmm. switching the cameras as we speak. <laughs> he, he never thought of going into church ministry. Right. It wasn't even on his radar. Right. But we needed a sound guy and he loves sound. Yes. I mean, he was studying like OSHA safety regulations out of college. Right. But he needed a sound job. And so like, hey, we're going to hire Mike on. He's going to cover our sound. But as we began to see potential in him. Mm-hmm. You invite him to take on more, mm-hmm. and his positions evolve from there to now he basically coordinates our media efforts here at the parish. Right. And I get excited by, and I know others do on team, it's like, where's God going to lead him next? Like, what's mm. what does this evolve into next? Right. Like, the ball's been carried. Where Where's the ball going after here? Yeah. Same with our, our relational ministry pastoral associate, Louis Kane, mm-hmm. went to Steubenville, um, came out of focus, did focus, came out of there, didn't really have church on the radar. Mm. He was looking for a secular job, I think even in sales. Mm -hmm. But something, an opportunity came up where it was like, maybe I should interview for a church position. Mm -hmm. He had gone somewhere else. He kind of came here just as like a pass by. Right. It wasn't really anything intentional. Man, are we blessed to have him on team? Mm -hmm. It wasn't on his radar. It wasn't on ours. We were taking months to like figure out how are we going to fill this position? Yeah. It's such an important role on team. And then God opens this door for both of us, for him and for the, for the parish. And it's like, he's flourishing. Mm-hmm. He's been here for years. It's those opportunities. I, I do want to share one more. If you haven't, please check out our, we're getting better at this. Our <laughs> online masses. Yes. We're working on upgrading our audio. We're really proud of our liturgical experience. We're really proud of the mass because that's, it's just where we all come together, right, as community. We're Catholics. We know that. So I'm not going to preach to the choir. But our music is just through the roof amazing. Uh, it's awesome. And we've had so many talented music- musicians. Yes. Our, our current team is just like just stocked mm. with people who love the Lord, who just want to praise Jesus, and they just want to have fun and bring their gifts to the table. Mm. Our musician, Allison, she currently leads our uh, – she's our pastor associate for music – she was the same story. So it was like somebody who kind of like floated in and out of church was kind of volunteering here. It was kind of like on the peripheries, but as you identify talent, Mm. it's, it's like this, it's never easy in leadership to say, this is where this person fits. Mm -hmm. It's like, how do we make the best of what we have? 
she's just like, she blows us away. Mm-hmm. You got to check her out. Super talented. Yeah. She's kind of taken that on, given it new life. Yeah. It's like, where's that going to go? Right. And so that's the exciting part. What, and I completely forgot your question. I just got so excited <laughs> on bragging on my team. Like I just wanted to brag on them for a while. And there's so many other stories that I yeah. can share, but well, I guess that's it's the not point. the SJ team story yeah. <laughs> podcast, <laughs> but but I think what you're pointing out is that there are places in churches that are going on mission, that are evolving, that are learning how to lead, that have God-sized dreams. All of a sudden, that opens up all kinds of opportunities yeah. for people with gifts and skills who maybe wouldn't have thought to church to go, wait a minute, this is awesome. Oh, yeah, this is where I wanted to take it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't get much. That yeah, came back, yeah. <laughs> what, this gets under my skin. I love the church. I was a seminarian for six years. I know it's like, hey, what were you doing for six years? It's like, I love the church. I discerned out, but I still had a heart for ministry. Yes. Right. And I wanted to, I, there were no other options. Like those five interviews I lined up, none of them for were for non-church related positions. Gotcha. And seven years ago, it was scarier than it was today. It's like, how am I going to be able to, what's my ladder? Not that I want to climb. No, but you need to. But I want to be able to provide. Exactly. I want to be able to get married. I mean, I discerned out because I wanted a family. Mm -hmm. That means I want to have kids. Yes. And I want to be able to support them. So what does that look like? Yeah. And so as church, can we please start thinking about changing the paradigm? Amen. So that people can, when they're they're planning what they want to do with their life and when they're discerning where God's moving them, Mm -hmm. this becomes a real option for them. Mm Mm-hmm. And not something you do on the side, something where you're invested Mm -hmm. from the crack of dawn. uh, Just it's what you do is live, breathe and try to grow church, try to challenge yourself to change, try to invite others into a personal relationship with Jesus. I mean, it's been such a blessing for me. I want to bless others through it. I've seen my team be blessed. I've seen them bless others. But it's like, can we set up a system where we're attracting high capacity people? Right. And then mobilizing them for mission. Amen. I do a parish leadership course, and the last topic of the course is funding the mission and next steps. And it's funny, so often one of the things that limits priests and parishes in their thinking is their finances. Uh, sure. There's a book called Rich, da- Rich, Kid, Rich Dad, Poor Rich Dad. Poor Dad yeah. And it's one of the stories that I love, he said, to his son, you know the difference between a, a rich person and a poor person? He's like, no, he's just talking to his kid, right? <laughs> he said, a poor person wants something. They look in their bank account and they say, I can't afford it. A rich person wants something, looks in their bank account, has no money either, and says, how can I afford it? Mm. It's a mindset. Mm. And so often when it comes to, to how, we have to learn how to fund the mission. Mm. And in so many circles in different countries too. And this is what I've learned coaching around the world. Models are very different. And so often one of the things we pride ourselves on is priests are celibate. Therefore, they don't have families. They don't have a lot of needs. So let's give them a house, give them a food budget, maybe give them a part-time housekeeper. And isn't that great? We don't have to pay them anything. Like So yeah. he barely makes any money. And isn't that great? So then we don't have to give much money. And so we almost pride ourselves in how little we have to give the church. And so there's no, sometimes these poor pastors, when they begin to think missional, when they begin to think differently, they look at their, the culture of giving in their church and the way they fund things. And they go, I don't have any choices. I have to do everything Mm -hmm. 
because we don't give. And, the, and you know, I, one of the things that drives me crazy when I look at giving and all of the different denominations and traditions of Christianity, we're second from the bottom in giving right across wow. every country. And the only ones that lower than us is Scientology, which isn't even Christian for heaven's sake. Like, so literally, and I'm thinking to myself, really, is it because Catholics globally make less money than every other tradition and denomination? No, it's not. But we don't think like the model that we've lived out for a long time. There's a lot of assumptions that go with that. And there's a culture that goes with that. And it's hard to break out of. But when you're saying, you know, we have to be able to think differently if we're mm -hmm. going to recruit better people. And I know dioceses are doing that too. Dioceses are thinking differently about the quality of people that they're trying to gather around them. And they realize that needs to be funded well. Mm -hmm. And so it is a part of the equation. There's no question. The, the money piece, of course, I mean, this is like, thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> important, right? But it's not... <laughs> It's not more important than our reliance on the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we entrust this community and this mission to him and we lay our plans before him, mm -hmm. plans that we kind of we're, we're, we're discerning through prayer, through, through, you know, the others speaking into it. And we put that before the Holy Spirit and we say, gosh, this is, we step back. This is ambitious. Like, how are you going to do this? Right. How are we going to do this? Amen. Sure, you got to keep the, the budget sheets open mm -hmm. and you got to be realistic. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but should we be challenging our people to be intentional in their giving? Of course. Mm -hmm. If you've been given $20 a month or a week for the last, you know, five years, it's time to take a look at that. Mm -hmm. You know, but are there things that you can do like what we do here at the parish? This has been a blessing to me again and a blessing to our team. The parish buys properties around the church mm -hmm. on property, like homes that yes. come up for sale. And so instead of giving a sal an annual salary that we can't afford to sustain, we can make a one-time property purchase that becomes an asset to the, for the church, mm -hmm. but then we can house a pastoral associate. Mm -hmm. So then he's got a salary, we can give him a house, he can start himself off. Mm -hmm. And that's just been a blessing in and of itself. When I see it, a young man or a young woman move into one of these houses, it's amazing because you, you've given them the ability, you've made it real to them that this chapter in my life where I get to minister into the church, I don't have to worry about that as much. That's awesome. Where I can be present here. I can be, I'm provided for, and I've started a family here. I mentioned Louis. Louis started a family here. Andrew is our service coordinator. Started a family here, something we didn't have before. And so can we get creative, not just looking at dollars and cents, mm. but thinking outside of what we've normally been doing to try to move the mission forward. Can I ask you, like, because you bring up a good point in terms of relying on the Holy Spirit to do something, and I find so often in church leadership we get stuck because there's nowhere else to go. We've tapped mm -hmm. out our capacity. We've tapped out our ideas. We've tapped out our resources, and we know there's another gear, and it's like we, we can't on our own get from here to there. We actually need a miracle. Yeah. And then lo and behold, God provides. Has that ever, has that ever happened to you? Can you, when you think about these last seven years where you guys got to a point, you're like, oh gosh, this doesn't look good. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to move forward and not just crash in this area when all of a sudden something even better than you had anticipated 
took place? Like, is there anything specific that comes to mind? Yeah, I'm staring at him. <laughs> <laughs> that was a softball. <laughs> no, that's not what I was getting. At. <laughs> not even close. I well, that's what I'm thinking. That's really, so tell me about that then in terms of where yeah. were you stuck then or what what did that provide for you guys? So we, again, we're, we're, we're working through all this stuff. When you say like church process is organic, mm-hmm. organic means that you're, you know, you're bringing elements together and you're trying to figure out, uh, you know, how they're going to mesh. Right. And that's messy. Is it ever. And organic can blow up and it's blown up in our face so many times. Okay. Right. And yeah. so, you know, we're trying, we're trying, we're trying, we're making progress. The community's doing great. People are are starting to like really feel empowered and touched and transformed. Mm-hmm. We're doing small groups. We're hearing great testimonies. We launched Alpha. Service projects are happening. Mm-hmm. We're just, we're seeing joy, mm-hmm. right? And so that's wonderful. But it's not enough. It's like how how can we build that critical mass? How do we mm. get over this hump? Because we know there's more. Right. We don't want to just rest in, hey, we've got this awesome campus. We do media. We've got an awesome worship team. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you come here, we do we give you donuts on Sunday. It's like is that's not enough. How do we how do we get over this hump? And that was a real struggle for struggle for us. And I'd like to think that other churches can resonate, you know, the ones that are yes. engaged in Paris Renault. So for us, a Holy Spirit moment was we had started Divine Renovation Coaching. Mm-hmm. We were part of the network. Mm-hmm. We had a great coach, but, you know, just the chemistry wasn't there for us. Yep. And we were going to transition, try something different mm-hmm. because we weren't going to stop. Right. Right. And so you had come into the picture because at the time you were also coordinating coaching. Mm-hmm. And you had said, "What we? I don't want to lose you guys." And please jump in. No, it's one hundred percent true. And I heard you weren't renewing. I almost died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you guys. I just believe in you so much. And we started talking then. Yeah, you picked up the ball for us, which thank you. Right, mm-hmm. talk about God's providence. Um, I don't know how much you want me to go into the details of that, but right. you know, you were transitioning into what you're doing now with yeah. with the leadership coaching. Mm-hmm. But before that, it was like, hey, you had told us you're going to continue to do some coaching Mm -hmm. and you'd be willing to be available to us. Well, my first thing to you was and talk about Holy Spirit. And that's why you came to mind. It was like, ask him to come on team. Yeah. And I'm like, we're talking and I'm so distracted. I couldn't tell you a thing that you said. I'm just thinking like, oh, this dude's in Nova Scotia. He's never going to want to come to Northwest Indiana. What am I doing in Northwest Indiana? So now I'm questioning myself. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, ask him to come on team. Yeah. It's like, well, don't you got to talk to father? Father will be good with it. Ask him to come on team. And it was, I couldn't let it go. So it was like, hey, yeah. Ron, come work for us. Yeah. Yeah. Come work <laughs> yeah. with us. Yeah. And, you know, uh, again, I don't know how. It was hilarious. No, it's okay. You can see. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're good. So I go back to father and you're like, oh, I've never thought of that. And mm-hmm. it wasn't on your radar. And, you know, you were very gracious. You let me down soft. <laughs> But I didn't let it go. I was like, well, think about it and let us know. Let's have another conversation. Mm. And so I had my check-in with father that, that, that same day. You can't imagine what that one sounded. No, he's just chilling. Like he's in his office. I walk in. Hey, father, what's up? What's up? Um, yeah. You know, Ron Huntley. Oh yeah. Ron Huntley. We had met you before. And of course we know your stuff and we had, we had a relationship. I'm like, yeah, he's transitioning. And I invited him to, I basically offered him a job. <laughs> And so father's like, you did what? Like, yeah. You know, Ron Huntley, I offered him a job on staff and he just like his just jaw dropped, but he had a smirk on his face and he's like, well, okay, tell me more. And so we talk about it and 
what I knew what was gonna, I knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I was relieved when it happened. Like father has had placed so much trust in me mm-hmm. that he was just like, he was overjoyed mm-hmm. that, that like I was so in sync with what the parish needed mm-hmm. and that he had spoken vision into me and I was able to see an opportunity mm-hmm. and whether it was the right thing or the wrong thing, yeah. seize it. Yes. And then bring it back. Mm-hmm. And so I think that brought him joy. Absolutely would bring him joy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wasn't that cool? Because it, it's like, let's, now it's not just on him to seize the opportunities to capitalize on vision. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I, I see that I'm, I'm building my team up in the right ways that they're capitalizing on it as well. Mm-hmm. They're, they're actually incarnating the vision that right. is being rested on him as pastor. And so, yeah, we just... He, he came into the conversation with you. He was unrelenting. Yeah. You, we were able to work something out, and yeah. that's been over, what, a year and a half now? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great example. I, I Again, I wasn't. And you've blessed us immensely, like truly. So this podcast is a great avenue, I think, for you to be able to broadcast your message. Mm-hmm. But what you did to help us, like, tweak our leadership teams, mm-hmm. our, our leadership team meetings, actually even just the structure of it, mm-hmm. to be more intentional to be able to get out of our heads and to be accountable to each other, to care for each other, to execute, to keep moving the ball forward. Mm. It's just, you've really helped in all those areas. Mm. And um, that's what we needed at the moment. Mm -hmm. And that's the exciting thing and the frustrating things that we're wrestling with even today. Isn't it? Because we're changing patterns of behavior that are longstanding. And, 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 you know, it's kind of like maybe losing weight, you know, the first, Maybe 50 pounds, depends on how big you are. Four subjects. <laughs> next topic. Yeah, next topic. Don't watch the last episode I was on next to this one. Please. <laughs> maybe the, the first chunk is easy, but the last maybe 10, 15 pounds is harder. And I feel like where we're at in our relationship is that we're into that difficult phase, which takes mm-hmm. even more discipline, even more precision, even more conviction on principles. Uh you know, because I think the easy wins we've gotten, and I think the next wins we get are going to be the hardest ones, but they're the ones that bring the most stability going forward to everything <laughs> we do and everyone around us. So it's going to be a ton of fun. What gives you joy in doing this? I've always felt called, and I don't know why, but to bring the church to life. And I think part of it is because, and I'm not saying I'm right, so many people have a completely different experience of the Catholic Church than I do, and I'm mm. thankful for it. But I wasn't really able to pay attention really long and sit still very long. And mm. so I found sitting still and paying attention so boring. But when I'd pray with my mom or she'd read me scripture, Jesus sounded so fun and amazing. I just couldn't understand the disconnect between my boredom and Jesus. Like, I just thought, this does it have to be this way? And then I'd yeah. read about the miracles and the people being healed and lives being changed. And I didn't ever experience that in Sunday school or in church. Mm-hmm. And I just thought such a huge disconnect. Um, and the Lord put that on my heart at a very young age. And I just couldn't understand why I wasn't walking in miracles. Mm-hmm. Because I believed what wow. I was reading and hearing. And, and when I would pray with my mom, I just felt Jesus was just this warrior, this this incredible man that would stop at nothing. And I felt like we'd stopped way before nothing mm. as a church. And I just didn't get that. And again, I'm not saying I'm right. But that was my experience and conviction that God placed on my heart. 
And to be honest with you, growing up, I begged him to take that passion away from me. That, that why would I think, who was I to think church should be anything different than it was? Yeah. And, but for some reason, I, that conviction never went away. And I literally would cry out to God saying, take this off of me. Why? I have no, I have no platform for influence. I have no academic education that would lead me to be a, uh, an expert in this topic. I just have this burning passion in my gut that things could be a lot different and it would make a difference in the average person's life. And so, you know, I come here and I stand outside the door with a guy named Ed, <laughs> you know, uh, opening the door for people coming to Alpha. Mm-hmm. And he shares with me how this church has absolutely changed his life, how he has more friends now that are lifelong because of Alpha. And it's made your church and everything in it come alive. Whereas before he did that, he just felt like he was in this great big place and he didn't matter. And, and so it's changed his life. It's changed his wife's life. He's mm-hmm. witnessing to his kids about that. And I hear that when I come here all the time as I meet with different people and go out for dinner and go to connect groups and prayer groups and everything else. I'm hearing of lives change. And if the church isn't changing people's lives, I, 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 I don't even know what to say. It breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. We're in the life transformation business. And so that's what gives me so much joy is like you guys are fully engaged in allowing your own lives to continue to be transformed Mm -hmm. through these teams, through leadership, through growing, through evolving. And that just gives me so much energy and hope because the church should be the most amazing place in every single community. Mm -hmm. It should be the place where if you want your life absolutely transformed for the good, you got to go to that church, whether you're Catholic or not, get your butt over there because those people love They know something that we don't know, and they're going to bring you to it, and it's going to make all the difference in the world. There's there's so much you said there that I want to talk about. We could do this forever. (laughs) That last image you you threw out there, every every community should have a church, and you go to it. The beautiful thing is, as you do church, the church goes out into the community, Mm. right? And so that's what we're seeing with somebody like Ed, Mm. where it's— the walls no longer confine us. Prayer doesn't just happen in the pew. Praise doesn't just happen in the pew. We're going out and we're bringing people back in. Yeah. We're going out and we're living life with Christ with others. Mm-hmm. And so that to see that starting to happen, mm-hmm. not that it's happened fully because no, it never happens never. fully. People's people come, people go cultures, you know, shift as people kind of come in and out. As long as we're consistent, mm-hmm. then we kind of, we can keep pushing that. Uh, vision and speaking spirit and calling down spirit into them. Um, the image that came to mind as you were saying this, something we talked about yesterday. Mm. I love that line walking in miracles. That's such a powerful line. Why are we walking in miracles? Right. The early church did. What are we missing? It's the same spirit that motivates both. Amen. Right. We're, it's the same Jesus that we all gather around. And either he's dead or alive. Either he rose from the dead or Amen. he didn't. And if he did, <laughs> like we did that alpha, it should night. matter. That was so powerful. That healing night, yeah, so powerful. It's moments like that that we really need to engage. You know, yesterday we were talking about like we read Saint Paul almost every day. We pray with Saint Paul almost every day. We pray with Saint Peter in his readings regularly, mm-hmm. and so they're the models of church for us. But you look at the lives that they did, they lived. Mm-hmm. Saint Paul surrounded himself with a team. It was always. We greet you. We bless you. I'm here with 
<laughs> Timothy or Barnabas. Or, yeah. It's like he never moved alone. And it wasn't necessarily him that was always going out. He's like, I'm going to send you Timothy. You're going to treat him like you treat me. Mm -hmm. You're going to respect him like you respect me. So it's like if he's the pastor, he's surrounding himself with people. He's empowering them so that the mission of the church, the good news of Jesus, can really permeate, touch, and transform lives. Mm. And so that's what we need our church to be today. We need St. Paul priests. Mm. We need him. We need you. Like I need you. Mm. The church needs you. This like apostolic zeal. Because to your point, what you, you were saying earlier, we're not living in Christendom anymore, no. right? The culture and the community is no longer supporting the local church. We're swimming against the tide. And so it's going to take strong-willed men with the spirit of, of a Paul and a Peter mm -hmm. to really help navigate the ship for us. Right. And so I guess I'll just wrap it up with this. Like the thing that gives me joy the most is being able to communicate and just to to do this with other churches, we love giving away what we do here. Mm -hmm. And we love learning from other churches. Mm -hmm. Like we love it. It's like this joy comes over me personally. I mean, I know I, I can speak for others, but when another church is like, how do you guys do alpha? Like we're trying to do alpha, right. but X, Y, or Z isn't working. Like, what are you guys doing? Right. Oh, let me tell you. Like, okay, <laughs> this is what we were doing wrong. This is what we're doing right. This is what we still got to work on. This is what we're seeing the fruit of. And it's like, that, that mutual exchange where I'm with a brother, I'm with a sister, and we're doing this together because we love the Lord, we love his church, we love others. It's it's so exciting. So if you're going through that, yes, reach out to us. Like, don't. Yeah. Let's do this together. You're not alone because it's only going to get harder mm -hmm. as you guys grow. It's true. And the, so. The problems change and evolve. They don't go away, do they? No, they like don't. They, can, they, they evolve. You'll solve those problems. There'll be bigger problems. They're better problems. The quality of your problems improve. Don't kid yourself. There, there are going to continue to be problems that that we'll need to solve, and it's so important. And, and you know that's why. Again, when I met you guys originally, I just saw this this chemistry between you and Father Sammy, and I knew there was something special there, like Michael and Tom, Father Michael and Tom Corcoran, and I thought that's special. And then to come and see the church and, and the miracle upon miracle upon miracle that's happening here is real, and that's mm -hmm. so obvious to me. And that's why. Early on, I think what was it was the very first trip that I made here. Father Sam and I agreed to write a book, and and it's almost finished. <laughs> I say that it's almost to the uh, almost the, to the, the publisher. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. then the, the, the real fun begins. I say that tongue in cheek, of course. They're so good at what they do, and it always takes so much work. But but there is this this miracle upon miracles that I sit in when I come here, and it's so obvious. Yes, there are always issues. Yes, it's messy. But there are miracle upon miracles here. And so to be able to put that book together, to continue mm -hmm. to continue to grow together, I think is a manifestation of something that Father James said in a throwaway line once in a meeting. He said, you know, he looks forward to the day that St. Benedict will uh, will be lost in a sea of other churches, yeah. helping other churches. And I thought, what? Like, that's our flagship. Um and he said, yes, but he said, I, I hope that that's not the case 10 years from now. And to be honest with you, this is such a manifestation of that prophecy. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know that as we do open house this this coming summer and, yeah. and invite people to come, and people have been coming from different parts of the world already, uh, there are miracles happening here. And, and I really believe in the players on the field like yourself and 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 Mike and uh, and all the other players you mentioned yeah. today and as we continue to lean into the holy spirit 
face these giants and these problems that we have no way of getting through, but having the faith to believe that God's going to get us there and open doors, mm-hmm. that that's the it that Craig Groeschel talks about in his book. Mm-hmm. And if we can give it away, then we're going to spend uh, the next several years doing that very thing. And it's all for his glory. Amen Praise to God. that. Well, thanks for being on thanks the show for having today. Me on. It's so fun. We can do this all day long. It's always so fun to thank talk you. about it. And thank you for joining us. If you are discerning the call that God has on your life, then I want you to consider the church. There are so many churches looking for people just like you. And perhaps you're a clergy who's saying to yourself, my gosh, I need to find my own Khalil. Then you're right. You do. And that person is out there. And so I'm asking all of you to pray and discern. Maybe you're a parent who you see this light in your child of capacity and and you know that they have what it takes to be a high contributor in a culture that was trying to glorify God and go on mission. And and maybe you'll want to share this episode with them to get them thinking differently. But whatever it is, we're glad you joined us. Again, please subscribe, hit the thumbs up, share, leave a comment, ask a question. Really appreciate everything you do to make the church great and to glorify God. I want to encourage you as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time. And remember, If you're still breathing, you are powered for impact.